70 years really is an awfully long time, isn't it? And long live our noble queen, who at 96 years of age is already doing rather well. I understand that monarchs and jubilees and national celebrations may not be everybody's cup of tea, but 70 years of faithful service to our country and to the Commonwealth is certainly worth noting and celebrating, I think. Not that I've been in a position to do a great deal in the way of celebrating over these last few days, uh, you understand, but Edmund and I have watched a few bits and bobs on the box and even found a couple of occasions to stand and sing the national anthem. I see things like this as being definitive of our national identity, the sort of things that bind us together uh, as a nation and which have done so in one form or another for the best part of a thousand years, depending of course upon how one looks at these things. The Queen has certainly provided a, a sense of stability or continuity during most of our lifetimes. My paternal grandmother lived during the reigns of six monarchs, having been born in the 62nd year of the reign of Queen Victoria. But most of us have known the reign of only one. Political leaders, of course, they've come and gone. All kinds of changes have taken place around us, but our Queen has long reigned over us. I suspect that some of these sorts of things might have been in the minds of those of Israel, long ago when the elders of Israel gathered together and told Samuel to appoint for the nation a king, just like all the other nations. You can read all about it in chapter 8 of the first book of Samuel. Now, I'm sure that their idea of a king was quite unlike the sort of thing with which you or I might be familiar today, but they wanted to be just like everybody else. Among other things, they wanted someone to rule over them and to lead them into battle. They wanted someone to represent them, someone around whom they could rally themselves in times of need. They wanted, I suppose, to be a proper nation. Of course, the desire to be like everyone else is just as prevalent and just as dangerous today as it was then. But in their desire to have a king, they were rejecting God from being king over them. And I suppose it may be fair to say that much of the time when people simply want to be like everybody else, 
God is being pushed aside. It's not that God had never intended for Israel to have a king. I mean, as far back as Abraham, God had spoken of kings being among his descendants. And then his grandson Jacob essentially foretold the royal line of David. But first of all, upon their request or demand from Samuel for a king, God would give to Israel the sort of king that Israel deserved, just like the kings of the nations around about them. And it wasn't going to be a particularly pleasant experience. Of course, there are good kings and queens, and there are bad kings and queens, and there are probably all kinds of kings and queens in between. Well, once the people had learned what their sort of king was like, not a terribly pleasant experience, God then provided for himself a king, a man who was after his own heart. And he would serve God by ruling over the kingdom of Israel. His name was David, and he reigned for 40 years. Well, thinking of numbers of years upon the throne as we were, the king with the longest reign recorded in Scripture was a descendant of David. His name was Manasseh. Now, he was the great, 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 great grandson of David, and he reigned for 55 years in Jerusalem. But unlike David, Manasseh was a a bad egg. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord according to the despicable practices of the nations around about. You see, he wanted to be like everybody else. Hmm. So what did he do? Well, he built pagan altars for all the foreign gods, even within the temple itself. He worshipped the sun and the moon and the stars and he even sacrificed his own child as a burnt offering before a pagan god. He was one of the worst kings that Israel ever had. But David, his great, great, his, his ancestor, whom God had put upon the throne centuries earlier, he was altogether different. He was a good king. It's not that he was perfect, for no human being, whether king or queen or mere mortals like the rest of us, no mere human being has ever been perfect. But he 
He was a good king. And he knew that God was the real king and that he was his servant. But he was a faithful servant. True, he had committed adultery and he was later found guilty of murder, but his heart, his heart was after God's own heart and he truly humbled himself and really did only want to do what God would have him to do, even though his desires might sometimes have got the better of him. But I suppose in that he's very, very much like us. Well, of all the kings that Israel ever had, David comes out on top. I don't know who your favourite monarch might be. In recent days, I've heard people speak up for Elizabeth I of England, that is, uh, or Queen Anne, or Henry V. And of course, Elizabeth II has been very much up there as well. I'm not sure that any has put forward Henry VIII as being their most favourite king, but then that may not be terribly surprising. But if you were to ask an Israelite who was their favourite king, they would almost certainly have said King David. Hmm. Not too many years following the death of King Manasseh, hmm, the Israelites found themselves in captivity in Babylon, far removed from their homeland and without a king upon the throne in Jerusalem. But God sent to them a prophet. His name was Ezekiel. And following the destruction of their city, uh, the city of Jerusalem, uh, which the prophet Ezekiel had foretold, following the destruction of the city, God uses Ezekiel to bring a message of hope to his people, a message of good news in the midst of utter despair. God tells them that his servant David shall be king over them and that he would rule them like a good shepherd. Well, it's not that David was going to come back from the dead. That wasn't the point. But God was speaking to them using language that they would understand. If they could once more have a king, any king that they wanted, they would have chosen David to be king over them. So God is really telling them that he would give to his people the most perfect king, the likes of which they had never known before. 
And that is why when, centuries later, when the angel Gabriel comes to speak with Mary of Nazareth to tell her that she is to have a baby, he says to her, he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Marvellous. The Messiah, the long-awaited king of the Jews, was spoken of as the son of David, and, and, and that's who he was. He was the great, 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 well, nearly 30 greats grandson of David, as far as the royal lineage was concerned. But though he was the son of David, he was also David's lord or master. Well, that was something which the religious leaders of the time of Jesus just couldn't understand, because they couldn't understand that the son of David was also the son of God. They couldn't understand how that God could come as a, a man and live among them and still be God. But that's what he did. And not only did he live amongst us some 2,000 years ago, but he died amongst us too. Yes, God, God came as a man and that man died amongst us, for us, and then he rose from the dead, and now he is seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. That is why he is now king of all kings and queens, and lord of all lords and ladies. There is, quite simply, no authority which doesn't belong to him. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. And what is perhaps even more amazing is that the one who has authority over absolutely everything is our king, and we are his subjects. Isn't that amazing? I don't know whether you have ever seen Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, or maybe even met her in person. We might well consider that to be a, 
a great honour, of course. But as noble as she might be, she is, just like us, a mere mortal. And, as they say, just like us, even she needs to go to the toilet. Well, at least from time to time. But King Jesus, the, the Christ, the Son of David, he is no mere mortal. He is so completely different. His reign is unlike that of any earthly monarch. And he is our king. As long as we choose to live within the kingdom of God, the eternal kingdom of God, Jesus is our king. And we are to be his faithful, loyal subjects. We are, as uh, the New Testament teacher, writer, prophet James would write, we are heirs of the kingdom which he has promised to those who love him. So, as we maybe continue to contemplate a reign of 70 years, or even the much shorter 40-year reign of King David, we would, of course, do so much better to be mindful of the never-to-end reign of King Jesus. Forget the mere 70 years of a platinum jubilee. King Jesus will reign forever. There will be no end to his kingdom. And not only will we see him, but we will be with him throughout eternity. You know, whenever we might see the princes and the princesses and the dukes and the duchesses and the, the earls and the countesses and all the extended family of the queen, know this, know that that is nothing compared with the family of God of which we, in Christ, are such an integral part. You know, I don't know whether there will be a balcony from which to, to wave beyond the gates of heaven, but if there is, you can be sure that we will be on it. Amazing. May our loving Father in heaven truly bless us with an, an ever-growing understanding of who we now are in Christ. May he open our eyes to see the true greatness of the eternal kingdom of Jesus, of which we are now heirs with him and in him. And may he bless us a
abundantly so that we might be a blessing to those around us. Thank you for sharing with us in this time of thinking of something to think about. God bless each one of us.